Money, 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 money. We all want more of it. We don't have time, we don't have resources. How is it possible? Well, here's the good news. As we go forward in history, it's easier to make money than ever before thanks to technology. Technology and software, well, the robot does what you say and it doesn't ask for a paycheck. This is why there are so many more companies being started, so many more young millionaires started in the last 10 years than ever before. It is just so easy to move mountains with technology. I'm gonna show you how to do it. I'm gonna show how I have done it my way here. This is my framework, 10,000 bucks, no money. Of course, this is brought to you by the Entrepreneur's Field Guide book and guided course. This gets you on your path to success on your own terms. This is the blueprint I've used to build my business. This is the blueprint hundreds of other entrepreneurs have used. Check it out at nicholascrown.com. All right, I like to start with some data today. So there is a extensive research survey from zipia.com uh, that 18% of individual Americans make over $100,000 a year. 34% of US households, so double income households, make over $100,000 per year. And depending on where you are right now in your life, you might say, oh man, that's nothing. Or you might say, wow, that's actually a lot of people. The way that I look at it, as I see, it's actually more than you think because two in 10 make over a hundred thousand. But how many people are above the age of working? How many people are above 65? How many people are below 18 of that population? Also, how many people are incarcerated? There's millions of people. How many people are out of the workforce for whatever reason? How many people are just not in the market, not attempting to make this money, not interested in it. They're working in an industry where they're never going to make over $100,000 a year. I think this number is a lot higher, meaning it's a lot easier than you think to achieve. So the way I look at this is you've got two different buckets of people earning over $100,000 a year. You've got the highly educated earners, your lawyers, your doctors, your finance bros, like I used to be. And then you've got tech savvy hustlers. These are the solopreneurs, the entrepreneurs, the small business owners. These are the folks without the fancy degree. These are the people that can do it from their bedroom, from their basement with seemingly no resources. Uh, you know, go down to the Lambo dealership and there's a 21 year old buying an Aventador. You know, this is a tech savvy hustler. This is the way that things are going in the future. This is the way that tech just enables people to make a lot of money a lot faster than ever before. Uh, really, who am I? I'm a bit of both. I started my career in the highly educated uh, earner category and now I am firmly in the hustler camp. I, hustler is, for lack of a better word, somebody that isn't trading their status or their certifications or their degree for money. Basically, building businesses, using technology, staying lean, that's me, and that's what I'm gonna show you in this video. Okay, so why should you care about this topic? The more tech there is, the less capital you need. So technology is outpacing social change. So that means you can make more money if you stay current with tech. If you let it pass you by, you don't know how to use ChatGPT, you're not sure how to use things like fastoutreach.ai, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, I just, uh, I'm just gonna figure it out, you know, later or ah, that's just for techies. You are missing out on opportunities to make a ton of money. So the way that I like to think about this is you can do the work of a hundred people with your laptop. If you don't realize this, you are suffering for no reason. You're doing grunt labor. You're not using tools like Canva to create beautiful flyers for your business for free. You're not using Zapier to connect all the pieces of, of your business for $20 a month. There's all these tools out there that are making your life easier and it's replacing the ability and the 
need to have another human besides yourself in the business. In math, this is really called getting leverage. So there's more leverage than ever before to take your skills, amplify them, and make your magical $10,000 a month. Uh, by the way, once you make the 10, trust me, it's a lot easier to make the 20, 30, 40, or 50. And finally, I want to leave this uh, thought with you. Plant a seed. Dumb people are making money with technology too. It's not just the smartest people out there, I can assure you of that. I am by no means the smartest guy out there. Here's an episode breakdown section by section. Section one, we're going to talk about deciding on your path, where you're going to head, taking a skill inventory, how to run some tests, and then finally how to choose your business model. There are a few to pick from, so uh, I want to expose you to all those. Section two, hang your shingle. It's the old school term for starting your own business. I think back in the day, you'd actually used to hang a plate outside your door, a shingle, and write your name on it. Anyway, that's the title of section two. Basically discussing the routine of building a business, talent marketplaces, and how to leverage them, how to get started, local business building, and outreach, how to grow your business in a couple different ways. Section three, we're going to talk about scaling up. So this means you've already got some smoke. Now it's time to kind of turn that into some fire, uh, determining if something is working or not for you, building SOPs, which are standard operating procedures, hiring lean, and then virtual teams, which is how a lot of uh, businesses are built right now, including some of the biggest tech companies on planet Earth. Certainly my businesses are built around virtual teams, and I'm going to explain why this is a great idea. And then as a bonus, money math. This is where you get to really face the music, face the numbers, face the math. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make it painless. So stick around till the end of the video. Section number one, decide on a path. Okay, before you go out in the market and say, ah, you know, what's hot? What's trending? You know, what crypto can I get involved in? When a, when a project, you know, we all know how those things turned out, right? And ultimately, it's not a problem of those products. It's a problem of it has nothing to do with you. The people that made the most money in crypto were the people that actually were building those projects themselves. Everyone else got fleeced. So how do you just ignore what's hot? You build a skill inventory. So you answer these questions and you have to answer them. There's no wiggling out of this. What have I done? Meaning what are the great projects that I built? What have I designed? What are the things that I just do in my spare time? What do I have to offer? And number two, perhaps the most important one, what do I want to do? I don't have to do any of these things. I can choose things that I want to do that the marketplace also values. So asking myself, what do I want to do is really important. Finally, what can I learn to do? So if you say, hey, Nick, you know, haven't really done that much and uh, I don't really know what I want. Well, then what can I learn to do in a very affordable and cheap way? Look, on YouTube, uh, just like this video, you can learn to do wild amounts of things completely for free. So if you've got a hunch, oh, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about that. I want to develop in this software language. Well, you probably can learn it for free on something like YouTube or with a very, very low price course. You don't need to go to Harvard to figure this out. Okay. In fact, I uh, would suggest that you don't waste your time. Okay. Testing, testing, testing. How do you test your idea? Once you've got an idea of where you want to go, what I like to call it is slice it into a minimum increment. Okay. How do you slice up what you do into the simplest first step? You can do this two ways. On one hand, you could do digital. And on the other hand, you could do in real life. Let's talk about digital first. What digital means is making a landing page, basically a virtual storefront, a virtual offer for what you're doing. You can create this very, very affordably and cheaply on Wix.com. You can use lead pages. You can use ClickFunnels. There's so many tools. Most of them have a free trial. So you get 30 days under your belt just playing with the tool uh, and take this thing and connect it to a social media post, whether it's an organic post or a paid post directing people out to this page. And then, hey, if you're going to run an ad or you want to run a $20 ad to really test the idea, use Canva, use the cheapest video editing editing tools out there to make a post where you're talking about what you do and seeing how many people click on it. This is how I test absolutely everything 
I do. Everything I do starts with a social post and a landing page. So we don't build the whole solution. We don't buy an office building, you know, and fill it with chairs and computers until we understand if people really want what we're building. So if you're watching this video, you might be starting with very little capital, right? So this is where you start. This is a test. Now you say, Nick, uh, I'm not so tech savvy. I haven't run an ad before. I haven't built a social media post before. Isn't there another way to do this? Yeah, there is. Talking to real live humans. So I know this is scary talking to real live humans, but leaving your house and interviewing people, you could do this on the street. You can, well, I don't think you're allowed to knock on doors anymore. Back in the day, used to be able to knock on doors. You can walk into businesses. You can say, hey, if I were to build this solution for your business, would you consider buying it? What are the things that you struggle with on the course of your day to day? So going in and actually surveying real live humans. This is so effective arguably more effective than the digital side, although I highly recommend you understand the digital side because it's so darn cheap and you get feedback like that. Oh, and don't forget about your friends. If you know you want to run these ideas by your friends and say, hey, I'm building this solution to solve this. What do you think? Would you be interested in purchasing it? Of course, if your friends are your target uh, customer or have, have any interest in the thing that you're building. Choosing your business model. This is critical. So number one, I just want to say it's not all about these billion dollar companies. Don't go into business thinking you're to be the next Facebook. Don't go into business thinking you've got to be, be the billion dollar valuation of the tools you're using to build your business, the canvas of the world, whatever. Start small. Here's the way that I think it flows. It's the solo agency first. This means you selling your services. The solo agency is the kind of gateway drug to being an entrepreneur. Uh, after the solo agency, I'd say the agency model. This is when you start working with others to deliver the service. Onboarding talent. This is when the headcount grows from just you and your cat uh, to a few other people. Finally, microsoftware. I say microsoftware because I'm not trying to tell you how to make $100 million a month. I'm trying to tell you how to make $10,000 a month. So building a solution to solve a very, very specific problem, a solution that I've built, which started out as a very small problem, soon became a much bigger problem as, as we sort of realized how valuable it was in the marketplace. We wanted to solve the problem of writing a cold email. Now my company, FastOutreach.ai, we do that at scale. So you could send tens of thousands of cold emails. So Microsoftware would be the next step. Don't build the next HubSpot. Start small, attack a very specific problem. Section two, right? You've decided, hey, this is the model that I'm going to use. I'm going alone. I'm going and solopreneur route. You know, I'm the uh, lone ranger here. So it's time to actually get into business. And I've got a five-step routine that I think about every single time I start something new. Number one, find something you can deliver yourself. What that means is end-to-end. -end. I don't need a graphic designer to do this specific project. I don't need a photographer. I don't need a videographer. Whatever it is, find something that you can deliver yourself. Put it up for sale. And once you see traction here, take that money to hire more people or build software, then you grow. This is step four. And then finally reinvest. Everything goes back to the beginning. This is the, the five-step routine. And it all starts, by the way, with something you can deliver yourself. All right. How do you find a solution that you could deliver yourself? I like to say, make a deal with the devil at first. This is talent marketplaces. So talent marketplaces, online portals where buyers and sellers are connected and the marketplace takes a cut. So here is where you will find your first worst clients. Uh, why are they your worst? Because the highest quality clients aren't really using these talent marketplaces. They're looking for individual independent talent, but that's okay. You can start here. You just don't want to stay here. So this is 
is where many businesses find their first customer because there's just so much traffic. If you niche down and you build a really compelling case for what you do, which of course you've decided what you do, what you wanna do and what, what you can offer and put up for sale, this is where you would start that process. I use and have used these marketplaces in the past to build a portfolio of logos, meaning a portfolio of brands that you worked with, even if they're really small. Here you can also create case studies that you can use to sell to far bigger customers down the road. And finally, reputation and referrals. Even these early customers have friends. So if you do a great job, you're gonna get a referral. In fact, my belief is if you do such a great job, it's impossible not to get a referral. My suggestion is to stay in this talent marketplace no longer than a year. Make sure your deal with the devil is no longer than a year. And then you're gonna take this money and you're gonna use it to grow and expand. Quick moment from our sponsor, the Entrepreneur's Field Guide. Guided digital course. Check it out at nicholascrown.com if you are a budding entrepreneur or you're just looking to refine your model for how to grow your business. Tons and tons of value. Three months of work. Three months of work it took to make this course. So check it out at nicholascrown.com. All right, back to the show. Section three, how to scale it up. You made money from selling your time. Perhaps you've used a talent marketplace. Perhaps you found some small clients locally in your community. How do you grow? Well, you could do this in two ways. With software, which is tough if you don't know how to develop software, or with more talent. But here's the bad news. You can't afford top talent at first, and uh, they probably wouldn't work for you anyway. So that's because there's too much competition. So top talent won't work for your small business when they have an opportunity to work at a better, larger business with more organization structure and upside for their career. Your risk is also very high. You can't really hire anyone long-term. You're kind of looking for contract people, you know, on a month-to-month -month basis. And finally, you're a new manager. So you don't really even know how to manage people yet. So you're not going to get top talent, but this is all okay. As long as you've outlined your processes with standard operations, operating procedures, just a Google doc with all of the things that you do in writing in it. That's okay. You don't need top talent. You can hire junior talent as long as you have everything in writing. This is how fast food restaurants run. This is how McDonald's delivers that same juicy burger in Dallas and in Dublin with people from all over the world simply because they have those standard operating procedures in place. They don't need top talent to hand out that juicy burger everywhere. I hire on potential, not on experience. So what that means is people that seem to care about what you do, care about your mission. This is so much more of a an indicator of someone's success is if they care about what you're doing, what you're going to build. These are the people that just outperform no matter what experience they have. So pay attention to potential. Help these new hires get better. Bring them on and explain to them that you are there to help them get better at their job and actually do it. Finally, be fun to work with. Nobody wants to work with a jerk. So the more fun you are to work with, you might retain people just because you're fun and cool. I, I can't tell you enough how many other high paying jobs with jerk bosses can't retain talent because the boss is a jerk. So be fun to work with, might save you a lot of money and heartache. And hey, now that you have some capital, you can start to leverage the global marketplace. You can start to hire on the talent marketplaces that you once sold your services. I suggest hiring virtually in all cases. It's far more affordable. Also, you can choose locations more affordable than where you live. This is called geo-arbitrage. So basically targeting areas of talent, a specific talent to what you need, but in regions that are a lot cheaper. So if you're in the US and you're looking for customer service talent, the Philippines is known for their high quality customer service talent at a very, very competitive price. Just an example, Colombia is known and is building a reputation as having technical development talent that is now more affordable than India and the other countries that have traditionally led the pack in providing engineers, software developers. So pay attention
attention. Look for the areas where you can save money and hire more junior. This is going to help you get your business off the ground in the beginning. You can't just go down to Austin, Texas and hire a senior engineer. You can't afford him or her. It's not going to happen. Get it out of your head. I suggest building very, very siloed job descriptions. Don't hire Jack or Susie to do everything in the company so you could go sit on the beach. That's not going to work. You've got to make sure that they have a full job description. Run an interview like a real company. Okay, so funnel 10 to 3 to the final hire that you make. What I do is I score on what matters most. I try to look at five different aspects of the candidate. Perhaps it's verbal communication. Maybe it's written communication. Maybe it's experience with sales, whatever it is. Score them on what matters and ignore everything else. It actually doesn't necessarily matter if you like this person. It's that they have the highest score as compared to the next. Finally, once you get your score, make the darn hire. Don't be scared. It's your first hire. You've hired them flexibly, hopefully, so on a month-to-month basis. So if something goes wrong, you're just out a month. They understand. They sign up for it too. And find a way to gauge performance in an ongoing basis. I built my virtual teams in Slack so you can get very organized with different rooms and different communication channels and private chats. So Slack Slack is really great to building your virtual company. It's also free, which doesn't hurt either. They've got premium features, but it's mostly free. You've hired talent. Now what do you do? You've got to be, or at least try to become a leader. This comes with experience. You have to lead to get experience leading. You can't just read the management textbook. Uh, this is very different. A leader doesn't go, oh, well, let me get the answers from my early hires. Actually, that's your job. What your job is provide standard operating procedures to lead by example. So get off the beach, okay? That's not going to work. Command respect from your team by doing the job and setting an example of how detail-oriented you are and how much you care about the final product and service. Nobody's going to care about it more than you. If you think it's time to slack off because you hired John or Susie, think again. Be a leader as early as possible. doesn't matter if you're 21, so don't think you're paying out $100,000 salaries straight away. You could be a leader very quickly by building these virtual teams. Bonus round! I told you there was going to be a bonus. Money math. Oh, this is so important. Okay, because if you don't realize how simple this is, you're going to overcomplicate it. You're going to say, oh, but my Facebook funnel is leaky and that's why I'm not succeeding. You've got three levers in your business. You've got the price of your product or service. You've got the number of customers and then you've got the repeat purchases. So if Johnny buys once or if Johnny buys three times, these are the three things you can influence. That's it. All the other things that you could think of, oh, well, the delivery of my ad wasn't right. No, no, no. These are the three things that you're looking to manipulate to grow your business. What I say is be real with yourself or switch to something else. Let's talk about setting yourself up for success first, because I think this is important. 10 $1,000 clients or $25,000 clients are going to get you that same magic number of $10,000 a month. Which one would you choose? Okay, could you imagine juggling 20 clients? Or better yet, how about one $10,000 client a month? This is going to show you how much pressure you can put on yourself, or better yet, the amount of pressure that you don't have to put on yourself. So find your sweet spot here. Depending on what it is, if you're selling software, you really don't mind uh, a bunch of $1 clients that adds up to 10,000. But if this is something where you're consulting, if it's something where you're trading your personal hours, you're sweating around the clock, I would be very, very careful about pricing your service too low. So if that's what you're currently selling, and if that's what the marketplace can bear, $500, guess what? You have to change something. So don't lose your mind thinking, well, I'll make it work. 
If the math doesn't work, the business doesn't work. Once you dig into something, make those calculations. You're going to refine those calculations. So how many outbound emails or calls? You know, I'm using fast outreach. I'm sending 10,000 emails. How many of those outbound emails uh, leads to a lead? Then you understand a conversion rate when you actually, a close rate, excuse me, when you get on the phone. And then how long will those clients stick around? That's the lifetime value of the client. Now you can start to say, am I ever really on the path to making that number? And I love to estimate this stuff up front. And I try to make sure that I don't set myself up for failure by selling a product that's too cheap or a product perhaps that's too expensive with a client that doesn't stick around for more than a month. And then your business is at risk of shutting down every other month. So be real about this math up front. Get the back of the envelope, get the napkin, and make sure you're not setting yourself up for failure. It takes about 100 website visits to convert a customer. This is the 1% e-commerce benchmark. So you need 100 touch points just to get one person in the door. So if you're selling a $200 product, 100 site visits is never going to get you to $10,000 a month. This is how honest you have to be. You have to play these math games to make sure that you're not building yourself a system that's not going to work. And you're going to be saying, Nick, why is it working? Well, the math never worked to begin with. Face the music early. You need to increase the site visits. You need to increase the price of your product. You need you need to be manipulating the levers that are actually changing the math here. So if the math doesn't work. Something has to change. Always more to learn at nicholascrown.com. If you got value out of this video, don't forget to click like and subscribe. There's going to be more business tips coming soon. There's going to be more money-making tips coming soon. Let me know what you need in the comments. I'll make the video and I'll see you soon.